0: favor those that are here um, very briefly for this moment go ahead and share this broadcast those that are watching online share this broadcast whether it's facebook or uh, youtube share the broadcast with someone else Uh, we are excited about our e-trod family um, that's watching online and i do want those that's watching online to know that we are officially welcoming um, online partners people that want to be a part of our church from around the world but want to be a part of it through our E-Tribe family. this is official. It's an official thing. And so uh, we want you to know that that's available, and we'll tell you more about it later. Exodus 33 and 17. The Bible says, So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Verse 18. And he said, Moses, and he said, please show me your glory. I want to minister for the next few moments uh, a message entitled, A Cry for Glory. A Cry for Glory. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. Um, uh, Moses, in our text today, shows us desperation. When you really live the life where you realize that there is nothing that you can do without God, you become desperate for him. The reality is that many of us have lived life void of him and it's become our routine. So our desperation hasn't been in play when it comes to God himself. When you're desperate for God, you will give up any and everything just to have him. When you're desperate for God, Then nothing else matters. He becomes of primary importance. He becomes the top on the list when you become desperate for him. This next season that you're going into as a a group of people, as an individual, will demand you being desperate. The thing that, that the thought that's being released in this season is truly how bad do you want him? How bad do you want him? Really emphasis on that. How bad do you want him? Not how bad do you want what he can give you. Not not how bad do you want his hand? Not not how bad do you want his hand? How bad do you want to see his face? How bad do you want to know his ways? How bad do you want to gaze into his eyes? How bad do you want to experience that? It is what we're calling. I want you to write this down. Bridal intimacy. Lord, begin to talk to me about this, this, this idea of bridal intimacy, this idea of us being the bride of Christ and us having that level of intimacy with, with, with God himself. It's this idea that I want to connect with you in a, in a more intimate way than I've ever had before. I want to look upon your face. I, I, I want to look upon your face. Your face is beautiful. This is why the devil, hear me today, has wanted us to embrace carnality so bad. Because when you embrace carnality, it makes you afraid to look or gaze upon him. When carnality is high, you will look away from the thing you're supposed to stare at. When carnality is high, the thing that you're supposed to look at, you will run from. There is a call coming from heaven. I wish I could get about five people to say amen in here today. That is saying, put your altar, put your flesh on the altar. So that you can be in a place of desiring God and not being afraid of the thing you should desire. Desperation. Desperation. What's gonna shift America? Desperation. 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 What's going to shift the world? Desperation. 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 And it won't be all. It won't be everybody that lives in this desperation. But there is a remnant that God is raising up in this season and this time that says it may not look like the next one next to me. It may not look like the church down the street. And it may not look like Christianity as we have seen it. But I am willing to stand in the midst of the desperate. I'm willing to be one that will say I will sacrifice it all just to have him look at somebody next to you and say I'm desperate there's there's there's, there's desperation that the Lord is building on the inside of us and and this is why he's allowed things to happen over these several months is because he wanted to push you into a place where you understood how much you needed him He wanted to break your systems and break your ideas and break the things that you thought that you had in place to make you uh, to be able to survive and to happen. He even removed your proximity even to your spiritual leaders in the natural. He did that because he said, "I want to get rid of all these idols y'all have created. I want to get rid of all of this stuff, and I'm going to push you to have me." Let me tell you what many did. They still did not run to him. Is this on? I said they still did not run to him. We spent most of pandemic complaining. Rather than maximizing the moment to say whatever God's trying to get in me and out of me. I'm going to allow him to do it so I can get where I got to go. That's the watchword word for the hour. You want to know what the Lord is saying to you? You want to know what your next level is? It's called desperation. You you, want to know how you're going to get into the place where God wants you to be? It's called desperation. And everything else must be secondary. I said your food must be secondary. You hear what I said to you? I said your stomach must be secondary. In order to receive the level of glory that God wants to put on you, I need about 10 people to scream out, I'm dead. Desperate! Desperate. It's a desperate people that's going to bring forth revival. We are not an ordinary people. This is not an ordinary church. We are a desperate people. Moses had desperation. He said, I have a desperate desire for God. He wanted to know all the facets of God. He wanted to know all the different parts of him, but he he asked him for something interesting. He said, show me your glory. Now, we've been on this study in this series of Reveal. One of the things that we've understood about glory is this this original word for glory is this word kabod. And it, it means weight or heaviness. It means weight or heaviness. I really want you to be careful as you think about that today. Because sometimes I believe that God began to sin, as it were, a weight upon our lives, and we took it as an ungodly weight. We, we, I believe that God has brought you into moments in his presence where you begin to feel a pressure. And, and, and what we have done as human beings is that we have ran from pressure, Pastor Byron. So when pressure comes, we say, oh, God, don't want me under pressure. That had to be the devil. It's too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. In this this pandemic season, we've been uh, leading in the most tremendous leadership pressure that I've ever felt in my entire life of leading people. I've been leading people in some form or fashion, since I was a teenager, since I was at least 14, 13 years old, I've been leading people. I have never felt the level of pressure that I felt in this season. And it wasn't the devil and it wasn't stress and it wasn't pandemic. It was God because without pressure, you will never be made. Without pressure, you will never be formed. Without pressure, you will never become. And so you got to not run from the things that make you feel uncomfortable because of pressure. What you do is not run from it, Julia. You press into the moment of pressure. Is this a good teaching today? You press into the moment of pressure to make out of you what it needs to make out of you. When the glory comes, pressure comes. Are you hearing this? It's the weight of God. It's not a weight that should put you from a place where you become in a place of anxiety or anything of that nature, but it is a weight that would allow you to realize and understand, listen to this, allow you to understand the, uh, the, how vast and how, um, how expansive the call and the design of your life is. See, what some of us have done is that we've missed this. We've missed, we missed how massive the call is. So then you've had no need for glory Because the way you see your call, your call is so small, it doesn't need glory. The way you view yourself is when you see yourself, you see it so small, there's no need of anything supernatural. Why? Because I can handle this little bit I see all by myself. But when you get into the presence of the Lord and he begins to expand your vision and you begin to see yourself the way he sees you, there's something that comes up out of you. says, no way that I can accomplish this without glory. There's no way that I can go where I need to go by myself. Show me your glory. The desperation that begins to come out. And Moses had a desperation. He wanted to see the glory of God. He wanted the totality of God. He's saying, Show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. I love this guy. Some of you will never have hear, never heard of him. His name is Tommy Tenney. And, and Tommy Tenney is one of the greatest writers of our, of our generation. And uh, Tommy was in some really great and powerful revival moments uh, that has shifted America. Very strong uh, encounters with the Lord, and uh, and he he wrote amazing books like God Chaser. That's just phenomenal stuff. And I encourage everyone that's watching me online and that's in this room to buy the book. It is something that I encourage you to buy, God Chaser, because it gives you really a whole new understanding of who we are as a people. You'll understand why our sacrifice level has to be so high so that we can get what it is that God wants to reveal to us. But this is what Tommy said. Y'all are crickets in here today, but I hope you're getting this. This is what Tommy said in one of his books. He said, I also, he said, he, he, he said this about the glory of God. He gave an abbreviated statement. He said, the glory is his weighty presence, his weighty presence, his weighty presence. Have you ever been in a moment with God where you just, you realize that you have moved past like a routine you had moved past just singing stuff out of your mouth you had moved past a moment where you you, you're just because we all have like our kind of prayer routines uh uh, for us who pray we have like prayer routines and so and so we get into (laughs) the presence of the lord and oftentimes we you know a lot of us we start with repenting you know we believe you know especially if you was raised old school you just come in like lord forgive me Uh of all of my sins and cleanse me of... I pray the same way all the time. And so if I start off in every single prayer. Forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness so I can come boldly before the throne of grace. That you, like it's the same thing. I say the same thing all the time. Well, I, I was trained that way and my, my brain said... And, and so, I, you know, we go through these, through these parts, but there's a moment in God once you get past all of your formalities and your routines that if you stay long enough in his presence... Something will begin to shift in the room and it won't be something in your emotions and it won't be something in your physicality. The weighty presence of the Lord will begin to descend. I feel it coming in this room. The weighty presence of the Lord will begin to descend upon your life and he comes in that way to prepare you for the day he's called you to. He's not releasing his glories just so you could say you were there. As my influence um, increases, I realize that there's some people that come into my life or want to be around me for the clout aspect. Just to be able to take a picture and to post it and hope that I repost it in my stories. as I, 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 my, my, my influence increases. I don't say this arrogantly. I'm just trying to get you something. Some of us, that's how we treat God. Because God has become trendy in America. And, and, and it's easy to become trendy when you wear, when you wear some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, t- title, you wear some kind of label, but carry no glory. Like, I, I, I go further. People say, oh, I love Jesus too. I'd be like, which Jesus? You're like, hey, Zeus, I live up the street, because I'm trying to forget. <laughs> which Jesus are you talking about? I'm not just taking your, your, just because you say that you love Jesus, because it's not about what you say, it's how it is acted out and what it looks like. So you got to start measuring how much you want God by how desperate you are. And you'll be able to see how desperate you are by how much you left behind. (laughs) How much did you leave? How much did you give up? How much of you did you say, I'll let it die in order to have him? There's not a popular gospel here. Because what people want is want him, but want us at the same time. We want him, but want our tradition at the same time, girl. We we want them, this, but we want to hold on to this. But the more you let go, the more you will have him. Moses, Moses understood this. If you remember Moses, Moses began to feel that call coming upon him. There was more to him. There was more to him. There was more to him. He, he 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 realized, even when he didn't have the language for it, that there was more that God wanted to do through and with him. And it pushed him to go beyond what he's ever known. Somebody say there is more. This petition of Moses in verse 18 um, is the third and final request in chapter number 33. Moses has already asked God several times, make his ways known to him. He asked him to continue to to find favor in his sight. God promised his presence to Moses personally, but he had not yet said that he would be present among the people. And Moses, as a leader and as even a a, a model of both an apostle and a prophet, even in the Old Testament, his concern was not just for himself. His concern was that God would go with everyone that's with him. Well, I love that. Because his life that he was living was not a life that he was living from the aspect of what can I get out of it? His idea was, I want to take as many people with me into this. And I want them to be, have the experience with you and not just I have the experience with you. See, when you're, when you're really led by God, you understand your leadership in the world, your prayers change. You don't only talk to God about you. You talk to God about them That's when you know you've moved into the place of understanding, Understanding the expansiveness of this thing when you're called to a sphere of influence and you're called to a place Your prayers shift now, and it's not just God bless me and bless my family. You'll begin to cry out for a land You'll begin to cry out for a people And you'll be willing to pay a price for people that may never know your name. God, help me. For years, before I was on television, before any news saw anything, before anybody mentioned my name on any network, I was in a place where nobody knew my name that I was fighting for. And the fact that I was doing as God's intercessor, apostle and prophet was making a way for them to be able to do what they did. And they didn't even know me. But the weight of the thing, somebody say the weight weight. of the thing was pressing me to change my language. Moses said, I'm not just praying for me, but God, I want you to touch all of us. Let's go. Let's go to verse uh, 12 of Exodus 33. Verse 12 of Exodus 33. You're getting anything out of this? Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people. But you have not let me know you will send, uh, that you will sin with me, whom you will sin with me. Yet you have said, um, I know you by my name. And, and you also um, found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Show me now your way. Show me now your way. Write that down. Your way. Your way. Your way. Show me now your way. Moses said, there's a call. There's something I'm designed to do, and I don't want to do it my way. And the only way that I'm going to get the correct instructions is that I know your way. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. destruction. So he's saying I want to put myself in a position to know your way. It is not popular to press into the way of God. Because the way of God, oftentimes, Daryl Fry, does not make sense to our natural mind. The way of God doesn't even line up. It don't even compute. God would tell you to do stuff and you're like, what? It's like he always says, like the way way up is down. We don't want that. We don't want that. Y'all looking all deep in here today, but you don't want it. When God tell you, you're like, God, I want my next level, and he's like, die. You're not like, yeah, God, it is just die. <laughs> Y'all be fasting and praying, trying to get another answer. I need to get clarity, because I know, I mean, die. What the, exactly, how kind of what kind of death are you talking about? But he comes and he says, if you want to ascend, descend. But the truth is, before he ever ascended, he descended. Get yeah. low, somebody. Before he ever went to the place where he knew he was supposed to be, there was a process of death. Please, please, if you're watching online, type in the comments right now, you've got to die. You've got to die. You've got to die. Those that are in the room, look at somebody next to you and say, you've got to die. He said, I want to know your way, look at this, that I may know, who? Who? You. I want to know your way that I might know you. 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 It wasn't it Paul that says, you know, hey, I want to know him. 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 I know you know songs I could ask you to stand now and most of you you could, you could repeat savage to me verse by verse but if I was to ask you for a scripture you wouldn't give me one are y'all in here? And if you gave me one, you would give me John 3.16. And that's the basis of Christianity. That's foundational. I need you to know more than he died for you because he loved you. Hello? There's more to him. There's more to him. And that's what I heard out of heaven when I was praying for you. He said, "Tell, tell my people there's more that I have for them. There's more I want to release to them. It goes far beyond anything they've ever experienced. But the way that they're going to do it is through me. He said, tell them I am the door. Man, man, man. If I came and I went back to old series and I preached to y'all, ooh, we coming up. I'm money about to shift. Y'all be running right now. how do I know? Because that's what y'all was doing when I was preaching it. I told y'all, the Lord bringing you out of debt. Y'all said, ah! People's running, slapping people. Running into each other, y'all ain't said nothing. All kind of stuff. When we start talking, when we start talking about knowing him, we don't like that because that ain't sexy. That ain't hot. But the reality is, that's the only way you're going to get to where you want to go. He must be the door. Either you take the door or you create your own. And when you create your own doors, it will never last. He's the way. I got to know him. I got to know him. That I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Okay? He's praying the right prayer. Verse 14 says, and he said, this is what God responds. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. But notice he's saying, I will go with you. And I will give you rest. And so verse 15, he cha- he's, Moses prays he says, then, then he said to him, if your present does not go with us. Are you looking at this? God told him, I will go with you. Moses said, not enough for me. I'm not just concerned about me. So when he comes back to God, he says, he says, listen, if your present does not go with us. See, some of us, God would have said, I'm going with you. You'd be like, let's go. <laughs> you ready, God? <laughs> let's go. It's time to shine. <laughs> Me and you, glory, shone upon the face. Let's do it. We're going we gonna to rock this thing out. Me and you, God, we're going to make this day happen. But when you understand that your sin is an ambassador of the kingdom of God, and we are, we, I, I, I talked the other night about the fact that we are a gate church and that we are gatekeepers. And that God calls us to stand on behalf of a land, then you say it's not enough for me to have it. I need you to go with us. Somebody say, Go with us. So he says, He says to if your presence does not go with us from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? Except you go with us. If I don't have you, I don't want to go. If your glory is not with me, I don't want to go. Now, here's the interesting part about this thing uh, tonight or you, today. Are you learning anything today? Here's the interesting thing about this thing. Remember up to this point, I dealt with it last Sunday briefly. But remember up to this point, Moses had experienced God in some really interesting ways. How many remember when, when God called the children of Israel out of Egypt? The way that he was able to, to, to allow them free is that we saw signs and wonders in the midst of Egypt. We saw all of the plagues came into place where God began to release these things into the earth to be able to push them, those people into releasing his children. So Moses had experienced that. Moses had experienced the burning bush. Moses had experience and I want you guys we hear about it so much, but we don't think about it There was a bush that would not burn and somebody was talking now. Come on. Y'all be real As much you love God if you was walking down the street and There was a bush and the bush was on fire, but not burning and somebody was talking I've seen some of you you scared of ants spite us so i know without a doubt some of y'all would have went on a run some of y'all ain't ever ran in your entire life okay and you would have run that day god had released all kinds of wonders to moses but listen moses knew this was different what i'm asking for i've experienced you in a whole lot of ways but there's a difference from all of these experiences and your intimate glory See, you've got to realize that whatever you've had up to this moment doesn't mean that it was bad, doesn't mean it was lost, but it doesn't compare to his intimate glory. See, we think because we have felt goosebumps. And we think because we have seen a miracle here and there, and we've seen, we've seen, especially in this church, we've seen amazing things that God has done for his people. We've seen it over and over again. But then we get to this place where we think, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're glory carriers, are we? Because there's a level in him that it moves from encounters and it moves to sustained living with him. Are you here in the heart of God today? Uh, I'm purposely not hooping and hollering today because I need you to be sober so that you can apply when you get out of your life that you really want the glory of God. What I'm trying to say to you is that you haven't experienced his glory yet. (laughs) If you ain't got that, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say to you. (laughs) You have not experienced it yet. And some of you will get offended by that and be like, you don't know my walk with God. I've been with God before I ever came to this church. You can't tell me I ain't get the glory. Yes, I can. Not this glory here. Not this kind of glory that Moses was. To. Let me tell you why. Because there will be a whole nother experience around you. You're too alive to have dealt with that kind of glory. You're too much in your feelings to have dealt with that kind of glory. See, in order to get to that kind of glory, you gotta die to your flesh. You gotta die to your emotions. Your feelings get hurt too fast to have been in that kind of glory. Because when you're in that type of glory, there's 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 a heightened level in your senses that comes alive that you can see the devil before he shows himself. And so instead of being offended by a brother and sister, you say, I see exactly what that is. That is Satan. And I refuse to be moved by my flesh, but I walk in the spirit. I can't get no help in here today. I want them. People and buildings don't equal glory. There are buildings filled with people around the world, but is absent of the glory of God. I want to comprehend, I want to understand I want, I, want, I want to know your glory. This is what Moses is saying. He said, I want to know your glory. I know I experienced all of these things, but I want your glory. Here's some things that you can practically apply. First of all, let me tell you this before you take these notes. I feel led to tell you this. Personal transformation is always, is always takes place in glory. Personal transformation always takes place in glory. When you get into the glory of God, he'll, be, he'll begin to transform your likeness. He'll begin to transform your makeup. Remember Moses, and, and I'll get into it a little bit tonight, but remember Moses, when, when he came out of the presence of the Lord, at one point he had went up to the mountain, and when he came down, Israel, Israel was like, whoa, hold up, bro. Because yeah. 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 they were already scared of God. I don't know if you read it. Yeah. They began to see the thunder and the things that were happening at the top of the mountain. It was like, you go. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Read the Bible. Y'all don't read it right. They was like, okay, go ahead, brother. We see you. We be down here. See, when you get back. See, see when you get back. But you got to realize that every Moses pays a price to go up higher than you. That's why you must not ever treat your Moses like they belonged at the bottom of the mountain with you. Moses goes to the top. He goes up there, spends time with God. He comes down in his 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 literal makeup had changed to the point they was like, oh, 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 you different. Okay, we gonna need you to put a veil on, homie. Yeah, we, we can't even we 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 can't look at you. We can't even look at you because of this glory. Why? Their flesh was so alive and they had been so busy doing whatever they wanted to do that their flesh didn't even want to behold that. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. So they asked him, put a veil on your face so that we don't have to look at you. When you come down from there, what, what, what am I saying? There's a transformation that happens when you're in glory. There's a personal transformation that 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 glory that shined upon his face was was an example of what he wants to do in the lives of the believers. He wants there to be understood and known that you've been with God. Did you hear what I said to you? When you walk into the workplace. It ought to be clear that you've been on the mountain. See, that's you you want favor. That's the man of God. Uh, Moses, God gave him favor. God gave him favor. God gave him favor. And that's what you're going to have on your life. If you'll begin to pursue glory like that, that you'll walk into places and it won't be your cute face and it won't be your Judy and it won't be anything else that gets you what you need. It will be it will be the glory of the Lord. Appreciate your lashes. You can wink them eyes all you want. But what's going to get it? It's not your personality. You ain't that nice. What's going to get you to the doors he wants to open for you? Is there a church in here? What's going to get you in there is the glory of God. You want the stage? You want the platform he called you to? Press into the glory. You see, because the glory will come in such a way... Well, God will have to push you out the glory. So when you really get into the presence of the Lord, you start running after him, you, you start losing the desire to even be on the stage. You start spending time with him, and you're like, all I want is you. Like, I, I mean, I appreciate these people down there at the bottom of this mountain, but I mean. And what happens? Then God pushes you to understand the mandate and the call upon your life. Somebody say, I want glory. I want glory. Am I boring you? Tell your face. Here's number one. I ain't even gave you the points yet. I don't care what that clock says. Here. (laughs) Write this down. The first thing that you have to do in order to receive glory is expect the glory. Somebody say, expect the glory. I love what Acts chapter 7 and 55 says. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. You've got to expect the glory. See, what you don't expect, you'll never experience. Why am I preaching like this today to make sure that you grab a hold of this? Because I want your literal expectations to morph. I want the conversations at your house to change. I want your conversations with your boo to change from what is your favorite color to do you like glory? to how many from how many kids do you want when we get together was it how hungry are you for the presence of god if you're not okay with me not talking to you for seven days because i've consecrated myself to god then you're not the one for me i need a man or a woman that wants glory don't come crying to me after you married somebody that didn't want god And if they want searching for glory before you marry them, they ain't going to search after. What's your favorite ice cream? You want a two-story house or one-story house? I like the Spanish type of house. It's just all of that land. I just really like it. Oh, uh, and you're on the phone breathing at late at night, just on the phone, listening to breath. No, get off the phone with that person and tell them, you get off the phone with me and go find some glory. Because by the time we come together, I need the glory in you to meet the glory in me. And I need us to go and transform the world. If somebody around you and Say I need the glory. You're asking for the wrong stuff. Ask him for the wrong stuff. I don't want friends that's afraid of glory. Because when you understand glory is not separate of him, it's an expression of him. Please hear what I said to you. Glory is not separate of him, it's an expression of him. His glory is him and and, and, and he is his glory. His glory is him and he is his glory. So when you experience his glory, you experience him. But you're experiencing the manifestation or the unveiling of him. What people want is God veiled. Or they want to peek under when they desire. Truth is, when Jesus died upon the cross, Sherman, this is amazing teaching. Thank you, sir. When Jesus died upon the cross, he did something. He ripped the veil. Truth is, veil doesn't exist. The veil that we have is the veil we allowed. This is so good. There is no veil. But how do I allow a veil, Apostle? I'll allow a veil by preferring to have pieces of him rather than all of him. Yeah. Wow. So in essence, I create veils. Yeah. What is a veil? We're talking about the space between you and him. When Jesus died, read the book. Yeah. Yeah. The veil is gone. So that's why it is not an idea of manifestation equals God dropping something somewhere manifestation just simply means that god is moving allowing well you're really dying to yourself to see what was already there are you getting this this is why it requires death y'all ready to go home tell the truth some of y'all are um here's the next (laughs) number one expect glory what you expect is what you'll get are you understanding that what you expect is what you get. Understand that glory, God wants to take glory with you, uh, wants you to take glory with you everywhere, in every season, in every space. He manifested it differently in so many different ways with, throughout Scripture. Here's number two that I want you to grab you must seek glory. It's so number one, expect the glory. You won't seek something that you don't expect. Are you getting this? Number two, seek the glory. John chapter 15, uh, verse 7 says, If you abide in me, my word is abiding you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done. If it's available in the kingdom of God, the rule is, ask for it. Ask for it. And you don't just ask once, but you become like the persistent widow. Who says, I will not let you go until. I'm going to ask again and again and again, and again, and again, and again, and I will go through the process of dying for myself to make sure that I receive what it is. That's what he said in Exodus 13, 33, 18. God, show me your glory. Somebody say, seek the glory. After you sought the glory and you seek after God, there's something that begins to happen. There's a shift, there's a change that begins to happen. The seek of God, what does it look like, Apostle Sherman? Good question, class. It means that I'm going to now stop seeking something so I can seek him. Unless you're cross-eyed, your eyes cannot go in two directions at the same time. Are y'all in here today? The reality is that in order for you to seek him, that means your eyes have to come off of something else. Is this good? Is this good, those people that's watching online? Because these people are here as crickets. Are y'all good? Say amen in the comments. It, it's, it, you, you, you've got to get to a place where you say, God, in order for me to my eyes to go your direction, and my eyes must leave another direction. We're almost out. Here it is. Once you receive, you begin to experience. Now, let me tell you this. Let me say this to you. There's not a arrival place in glory. That's why the Bible talks about from glory to glory. So there's many experiences to God. You can live 300 years and you'll never experience all of God. There'll still be more levels to understanding who he is. Are you getting this? All right. Seek his glory. Here's the next thing. It's carry his glory. Carry his glory. That's a decision that you must make. The, the, the demonstration of glory can never be produced through some kind of religious activity or spiritual formula. Rather, it flows supernaturally from our intimate friendship with the manifest presence of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 18 says, But we, we all, with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Transformed from the same image from glory to glory just as the spirit of the Lord. As we press into him we'll begin to carry glory to every space that we're called to. God wants you to step into the beginning place and the beginning place is the cry for glory. Moses said God, I experience you all of these ways. But here's my prayer. Show me your glory. This next space that the Lord is bringing you into is going to be amazing. What he's doing for us as a corporate body is going to be phenomenal. I don't know about you, but I refuse to go without his glory. You're about to experience through these summer months into the rest of this year a presence of the Lord that is so Unusual. It's gonna go beyond anything we've seen in our wildest dreams. If you try to come back to All Nations San Bernardino and think that you can just do step one, step two, and step three as you did last time before we came to get the same kind of experience, you will miss out. That's why some of you are messed up today. Because when you came into the house of God, you tried to try what we've tried before in order to experience him. That's why some of you felt like even in the midst of worship, you were like, I didn't feel like I went to the same place that we usually go to in worship. And I don't feel like this and that personally. You didn't didn't feel a certain level of encounter that you might have had expectation for. And I'll tell you why. You tried to retrace your steps. When you come into his presence and you say, God, I don't come in trying to maneuver you. I don't come in trying to manage you. I just come into your presence hungry for whatever you want to do and however you want to move. And the only thing I ask, Lord, is show me your glory. Something begins to shift. I want you to stand to your feet. Wow. Oh, glory. While, while, While you're standing... I want you to take the next few moments, and I want you to simply pray the prayer that Moses prayed. Show me your glory. I'm going to take about two minutes, and I want you to lift your hands before God. Forget about who's around you. Forget about who's next to you. Forget about anybody else. And take a moment. Focus in on him. Have a conversation with God right where you are at your home, right here in this building, and begin to ask him, show me your glory. Come on, just have a conversation right now. Let your desperation rise to heaven.